Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Reminded this morning as my wife and I were getting ready for service, I began to, we were just worshiping together and, and God reminded me of when I was laying in the hospital and now you guys know I had a stroke, but you know, the stroke wasn't the bad thing. That was one of the things, but with the stroke that I had, the, the, the blood clots went down into my stomach and it basically started killing my colon. So the doctors were prepping me, listen to me, they were prepping me for surgery to take my colon out. I'm already having problems. I can't remember who people are. I couldn't read. I couldn't do a lot of stuff. But I'm laying down in the hospital, listening to the doctor saying, we are going to take your colon out. Your kidney, your, your left kidney is dead, and your spleen is partly is dead also. And I remember that. And, and I remembered at that moment, as we were worshiping God, that God reminded me how he healed me back in August. I'm healed today, but God healed me back in August. And what he reminded me was, he says, John, you got to remember to be grateful of what I've done for you, but you got to be grateful in the situation you're in now. Because the same God that got you through it way back then is the same God that will get you through the situation you're in now. Don't forget what God has done for you. Don't forget about what God has done in Egypt, that he'll do even greater wonders in the wilderness. And he got greater things in the promised land. So I came to remind you today, sometimes... Your situation may seem bad, but you know that God got you through that last situation. If he did it before, he'll do it again. Hallelujah. That's the hope that I have. Hallelujah. My God. Now, I know we're talking about the blessed life, praise God, and I'm excited about it, but when God begins to bring back in my spirit to learn how to be grateful, because he, he, he wants his people to be grateful, to be thankful. Be thankful in all things. And that's what he's, he's just reminding us today. Amen. So let's, we'll just get in with the word today. I got a lot for you. So last week, we started a series called The Blessed Life. La semana pasada, comenzamos una serie llamada La Vida Bendecida. This series is based upon the book written by uh, Pastor Robert Morris of Gateway Church from Dallas, Texas. Esta sería esta basada en el libro Escrituro por el Pastor Robert Morris of Gateway Church. Now, there's truth in this series, a verdad en esta serie, that will change your life. Tu vida, tu matrimonio, tu familia, it will change your marriage, it'll change your family, it'll change your health. Uh, tu relación, tu trabajo, it will change your life. Cambiara tu vida. 
I want us all here to be blessed. Quiero que todos nosotros seamos bendecidos. So we all can be a blessing. Para que todos podamos ser un bendición. Now let's get ready for the test. ¿Está listo para la prueba? ¿Sí? Are you guys ready for the test? Some people should be asking right now, what test? I don't know if you guys ever been in school. You come and you guys show up in school, and all of a sudden the, the professor or your teacher's like, get ready for the test. He's like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Now there's a scripture that many Christians quote incorrectly. Es una escritura que muchos cristianos citan incorrectamente. James 1 and 13. And it says this. No one can say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Let me remind you of something. This scripture is used to a point where somebody said, man, you know, I was, I was out there and, and I was tempted to go ahead and eat a whole pack of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. The Lord was tempting me. No. The scripture says this. God is not to be tempted by anyone. It says God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anybody. Listen, Satan tempted Eve with forbidden fruit. The flesh tempted David to go after Bathsheba. Three times. Three times, Satan took Jesus himself while he's in the wilderness and tempted him three times. But when it comes to God, God doesn't tempt you, but he will test you. Let me say that again. God himself will, or God himself doesn't tempt you, but he will test you. There's a big difference. So now, I must ask you again, are you ready for the test? ¿Estás listo para la prueba? Are you ready for the test? No. Y'all as quiet as church mice up in here. We call the exterminators. Is that what it is? We got everybody just like. Well, we're going to get you ready for the test. Many believers did, don't even know that there's a test in the Bible. Hay una prueba en la Biblia. And we face this test every time we get paid. Y nos enfrentamos en esta prueba cada vez que nos pagan. The question is, how often do we get paid? Con que frequency, frequencia la pagan. You get paid once a week, you get paid twice a month, you get paid once a month. If you ever get paid, cuando se la pegan, you're going to take a test. Se la realizara un prebla. The test is, who are you going to thank for your income? A quien agradecer por tu ingreso. Better yet, 
Who are you going to worship? A quien vas a adorar? The answer to that question lies in what you do with the first 10% of your income. La respuesta a esta pregunta radica en lo que hace con el primer 10% de su ingreso. Some people like to thank Visa. MasterCard. Algunas personas agradecen a Visa y MasterCard. It's the first one we pay. Rent. The first thing we pay. But I'm here to tell you, Visa doesn't have the power to bless your finances. But it does have the power to make you a slave. Proverbs 22 and 7 says this, the borrower is servant to the lender. The borrower is a servant to the lender. Have you ever owed anybody some money? You ain't even got to raise your hand. Because I've loaned some money to some people in here and ain't seen them. They'll be at church. But as soon as the benediction's done, they're gone. <laughs> now, just to give you guys a heads up, I need you guys to understand, we are going to go through a lot of scriptures today, a lot of scriptures. I want to do some teaching. Teaching is what God has given me. He's given me the gift to teach. I am going to teach. I can preach, but I'm going to teach you something today because what God is going to give us today is going to change our life. I want us to be blessed so that we can all be a blessing. We are going to see that tithing is scriptural and the scriptures are God's word. Las escrituras son la Palabra de Dios. Amen. amen. The scriptures are God's word. Can I get an amen? amen? I am preaching from the Bible today. I'm not reaching, I'm not preaching from just some, some uh, things that will tell you to how to help your finances. I'm not talking about how you can get uh, uh, invest in Bitcom. I'm not doing all that. I'm talking about what the word of God says. Malachi. Chapter 3. And we will start at 6 through 12. And it reads, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Can I stop right there for a second? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can I get an amen? Amen. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what people are saying about this and that. I know that God, whatever he said way back in the beginning, is the same thing he said uh, not today, and it's the same thing he's going to be saying afterwards. He He says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed. You know why we're not consumed? Because God doesn't change. And if we're found in him, we won't be consumed. Oh, sons of Jacob, yet from the days of our fathers, you have gone away from my my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what shall we return? Let me pause 
just for a second. This is God talking to us right now, not man. This is God talking. The Lord God who does not change. Do we see that? The Lord God who does not change. He says, you have gone away. You have gone away from my ordinances. You have gone away from what I've told you to do. You have gone away from what I've taught you. I've given you some commands for you to follow, but you've gone away from them. A principle of ordinary behavior. God says, I want you to go back to the ordinances that I am giving you. Now, I want to say this. This next verse, I need you to understand that a preacher didn't make this up. This morning, as I was going through, and I'm being honest with you guys, one thing that you see here, and even Deacon Sean, all our deacons come up here, and when they give, give the offering and remind every, everybody about their generosity and their tithing and their giving, you notice it's a brief moment. They just remind you. Nobody gets up here and gives you a long scripture and tells you what you need to do and how much you need to give and you need to do this and you need to. We don't do that because we, we, we stay focused on God's ordinary principles, his ordinances. But what happens and what I saw this morning, a bunch of these preachers I'm sitting there seeing, they will take up 15 minutes to guilt you in. To get, you, to, to get you and massage you. I, th- I, think, I think what I said uh, last week is, is um, they try to uh, show, to, so, so this is how they, I'm, my, 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 I'm losing my, my uh, speech here, but what they would do is try to massage you to give. Sow a seed for what you need. That is not scriptural. You guys hear me now. I'm teaching you something. God says if you give, you don't give out of necessity or out of want. But every person in their own heart, God even gives you a choice. That's why we tell you, look, pray about it. Couples, those of you that are married, that's why I always tell you guys, do it together so you can be on one accord. Man, that's much you, you, you uh, men up here should have said, yeah, amen. Now, I'm going to read this real quick. This is, this is Malachi chapter 3. I'm going to start at verse 8. Will a man rob God? You know, back in my heyday, I wasn't always a man of God. I knew how to put it down, y'all. I knew how to put it down. Because of my, the way I've, I think, this scares me, that God says, will a man rob God? Who in a right mind would steal from God? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. This is God's word. This is what God is saying. This isn't what a preacher says. This is what God is saying to Israel. He's saying to his people, but you have robbed me. But you say, in what 
way have we robbed you? He says, in tithes and offering. You robbed me in tithes and offering. It didn't just say offering. It says tithes and offering. You are cursed with a curse, my God. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. I will not open up the, excuse me, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord. This is God talking. This is our God, the God who cannot change. Woo. He says, you have gone away from my ordinances. You've gone away from this. You've gone away from my ordinary principle of behavior. Ooh. Tithing is a principle of ordinary behavior for all of God's children to thank him for what he's given you, to thank God for your harvest, to thank God for your increase. Come on, somebody should say amen. They, 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 they did, did, didn't, didn't uh, Congress and them gave a thumb up about the stimulus checks? It got quiet. <laughs> y'all, y'all mad about it. Some people are mad about it, but guess what? When it gets here, you're going to be like, thank you. This is an ordinary principle that God has given us, this tithing and giving offering. And because we have gone away from God's ordinary principle of behavior, we are under a curse. Oh, I know some of y'all are sitting here saying, some of you guys are saying, oh, well, we're Christians. You know, Christ bore the curse on the cross uh, for all of our sins and all this. Yeah, I understand that. He did do that. But that has to deal with salvation. He also dealt with sin and death. Okay? That's what he bore on the cross. But Christians can be cursed. Y'all don't want to hear that. Well, I'm just going to plead the blood on it. If you think that Christians can't be cursed, you are saying that we can live any way we want to, and it doesn't affect you any way you want to do. We say that all the time. Are you guys listening and hearing what God is saying? You think you can rob God and not face a consequence. God said, you robbed me. Let me ask you something. If I rob you, are you not going to go to the authorities? If I do something bad to you, don't you think that you're going to tell? I hope you do. But when it comes to God, we think we can do whatever we want to to God and still be blessed. I'm giving what the scripture says. I'm not saying this. I'm not. This is what it says. 
because you have robbed God, you are cursed with a curse. That's like a double curse. It's like I've been cursed, but I've cursed you with a curse. We cannot live our lives like that. Listen, if we cheat, aren't there consequences? If we steal, isn't there consequences? A curse is a consequence. So what if you steal from God? Listen, God owns everything we have, and he's given us stewardship. But he's reserved 10%. Just he reserved 10% for himself. You guys with me? The tithe. That's why he said, you've stolen from me because God had set apart the tithe for the house of God. So if you're keeping it, you're stealing from him. It shouldn't even be, this shouldn't even be quiet. If, if God looked at you, if, if I'm just going to give this example. When you wake up in the morning and you look at yourself in the mirror and you see sleepy in your eye. You know, sleepy, am I, am I just ghetto? Yes. Yeah. The crust in your eye. Maybe you, you, you were sleeping really good and you get a little drool on your face. I'm just telling, I'm just saying. You look in the mirror and you see, and that mirror will tell you that there's something wrong. If you look. Because a lot of times, sometimes we got stuff on our face, we just don't want to see it. And we look, look at that mirror, and when we look at the mirror, the Bible says it's kind of like the Word of God is like looking at yourself in the mirror and forgetting what you look like. But if you look at the Word and you see the Word will reflect back at you what you want to see, and you're able to get this stuff out. God today is telling us that we need to look at the Word of God and see what we're doing wrong. When we find out, when God says, you got drool in your mouth, wipe it off. Get yourself together and remember what you look like. But what we're doing here today is when of things that we hear that, that don't really fit with us, right now is the time that we should be going, thank you, Jesus. You know, this is why the church says, amen. We don't sit here and get quiet when we get when God talks to us. You amen, not because of me, but you amen because I'm in agreement with your word, God. I agree that I'm not looking my best. And you, your word is showing me how ugly I am. Look, I didn't make this up. God said it. And these are very strong words I know that, 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 I've been, that I'm reading. Strong for all of us. He said, you have stolen from me. You have robbed me. And now you are under a curse. Some of us are sitting here right now. They're like, man, am I cursed now? Some of us, some of us in here may not be tithers. And I know, and I can sit down, and, and, and I don't have all day and all Sunday to sit down and and read every scripture, but I'm going to read almost all of them, but I'm going to sit down and, and teach you guys some things. Because some people are like, man, I'm not a tither. Well, what is a tither? It's 10%. 10%. God said 10%. Oh, well, what if I haven't tithed them? It doesn't matter. We could put that under the blood as today. 
That's where grace comes in. When God begins to show us these things in the word, we're like, man, God, thank you. I didn't realize I had crust in my mouth. Sleepy in my eye. God does not want us cursed. But you voluntarily have placed yourself under a curse because you have gone away from God's ordinary principle of behavior. You guys know, you guys know the number one reason why people don't tithe? You know what they tell me? They're just as a pastor. That's Old Testament. Don't raise your hand, but I know there's somebody in here that's saying that. Well, that was Old Testament. That was under the law. We're, we're free from the law, right? Boy, that, where's Pastor Donald? Pastor Donald, I need you to teach on that on Tuesday. Just of the law. We'll be there for, we'll be there for weeks. Everybody always wants to talk about the law, but there's ceremonial law. There's law to worship. There's, there's all kinds. There's God's law. There's Moses' law. We got all these things together, but some of us just want to talk about eating shellfish. Camarones, como fango. Listen, tithing is found in Malachi chapter 3. And then in Malachi chapter 4, we can skip all the way over Malachi 3, then the 4. Do you know what comes after Malachi? Matthew. So you went from the Old Testament to the New Testament. We went from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. You went from the last book to the first book. If you look at it naturally, if you look at your Bibles and open it up, you will see that tithing is in the center of the Bible, naturally. Some of you guys can just open it up. Oh, last book, right in the center. So doesn't it make sense that God may have put tithing in the middle of the Bible to, so it also should be in the middle of our lives? Mm. So why do you think God put it there? Put it there. We're going to get over some, some quick scriptures. But I want you guys to understand that tithing isn't just old. Oh, it's under, it was under the law because in Exodus chapter... No, let's get to the point because I'm glad you guys asked me those questions. So let's talk about what tithing is. Some of you guys say, so why did God really put that there where he did? Why did he put tithing in the middle? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's tell you the first reason why God talks about tithing. Let's talk about what test, all right? First thing we need to talk about, number one, is tithing is a test. We learned last week that tithing is a test. It's all about the heart. You guys remember that? God is testing our hearts. We have to question the motive of our hearts when we argue about tithing. I've been there. If God gave himself as a ransom for you, he's given you his spirit, he's given you his mercy, he's given you life and life more abundantly, why wouldn't you want to give back at least 10%? Let's think about that. God has given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. He's given you all that, and all he asks for you to do is just reserve 10%. 
So ask you, you ask why 10%? Let me, let me tell you why. How many plagues were there in Egypt? How many commandments are there? How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? You guys are good. You guys are actually pretty good. How many times did Jacob wages get changed? How many days was Daniel tested? How many virgins were, te- uh, were tested in Matthew? You guys, with, you guys with me? How many days of testing is in Revelations? You guys are almost getting it. How many disciples were there? You guys are on it. There were 10 lepers, 10 talents, 10 minas. There was exactly 10 I am's spoken by Jesus in the gospel of John. We're there. We're we're at 10. Tithing is a test. And it's not just a normal test, but it's a two-way test. The number 10 means redemption. Redemption. God wants you to redeem everything that he's given back to you. Look, just give back 10%. God will redeem the other 90%. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Honestly, honestly, all of it's God's anyway. Every bit, every bit of money, you, God has given you the ability to make money. He just got the ability. I don't care how much money you make. God gave you the ability to get that money. And God just asked you, he says, look, reserve for me 10%. What we should do is, as Christians is we should take the 10% off top Give it to God. And then that 90%, we go, God, what would you have me do? You guys know that tithing is a two-way test. You're being tested, and you can test God. It's a two-way test. How many people here, when you go to school and you're getting ready to take the test, it's a pop, pop quiz. At that point, you, don't you wish you go, well, teacher, if you're going to ask me questions, then I get to ask you questions. But what God is saying here is, look, he goes, look, I'm testing you, but guess what? I'm going to allow you to test me. But wait, pastor, didn't you say you, would, you can't tip God? No, 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 no. God said, look, try me and see. Try me. You know what that means? Test me. Test me and see what I'll do. If you do. If you do what I tell you, then this is what will happen with you. Oh, man. I think, I, I think I'll read just, just, just for your hearing. Praise God. Just for your hearing. I'll read it to you again. In Malachi 3, chapter 10, verse 11. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. You, you know where his house is? The church. And try me now in this. And try me now in this. And test me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. This is one of the points where I remember back in the church, if you start, if, as I'm reading this, God says, I will open up the windows of heaven. Do you remember the last time God opened up the windows of heaven? He opened up the windows of heaven to flood the earth so, so you could see it. He poured out so much water on the earth, it flooded the earth. God is using that likeness of heaven, of opening up a window for you, if you could just try them and see. 
He says, I will open up the windows of heaven. You won't even have enough room to receive it. Woo! My God. I'm not talking. I'm talking about overflow. I'm talking about abundance. I'm talking about a God that's more than enough. He will give you. You won't even have enough room. You're trying to find people to give stuff to. I've watched the saints in here do things that they can never afford. But when God starts opening up the windows of heaven. Oh, pastor, I'm not talking about that whole thing about uh, what, what they call prosperity preaching. No, I'm talking about those that are faithful, those that test God. And they've been tested already. And they've proven the test. They've done what God told them to do. And then God is a God that is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. What he says, it shall be done. And he said, try me and see that I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you are not able to receive it. My God. He says, and listen, not only will I give you out enough more than you can even handle, more than you can, you could just, you can't fill your pockets. He says, not only am I going to do that, but I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. There was a devourer called a stroke trying to devour my colon, my kidney, my spleen, my mind, my voice, my heart. But God said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He says, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. The ground is the earth. I was made from the dust of the ground. And he rebuked the devourer for my sake. Mm. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit. For you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. God says he wants you to be fruitful. You guys with me on this? I want to be bearing fruit. You know, you know why? You know what the point of having fruit is? Is that people can come eat from it. There's, there, in my neighborhood, there's lemon trees everywhere. Nobody cares about them, but people will go by and eat from the fruit. But most people will come and they'll, they'll take the fruit, and when they get home, they enjoy the fruit. But there's a lot of trees around my neighborhood that don't give off any fruit. They're just there for shade. They're good for blocking out the sun. S-O-N. Rachel, I don't think they got it. You know a shade tree? Because they're always good for show, throwing shade. I'm, I'm trying to be young right now. It, throwing shade. The shade blocks the sun. The sun, S-O-N, not the S-U-N. But a fruit tree has fruit. Why? So that you can taste and see that the Lord is good. When you come and taste the fruit and you get that fruit and you be able to eat that fruit and you get the nourishment of Come on, y'all. See, that's the whole point of being fruitful. God says, listen, I'm going to make sure that you're going to be fruitful, that whoever comes in contact with you, they'll see the fruit. Why do you think some people want to call you? 
They, 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 people always got problems. They want to come to you with your problems. I'm not even talking about Christians. I'm talking about people that don't know Jesus. They'll come to you and like, you know, I'm, I got this problem with my boyfriend. I got a problem with my kids. I got this problem. They always come to you. You know what that is? You're that fruit tree that's bearing fruit. They're coming up to you and they're getting that fruit. Okay, I got to shut up. Subject. Listen, you can only test God by, test, by passing the test of tithing. You can only pass, I mean, excuse me, you can only test God by you passing the test of tithing. So number one, tithing is a test. Number two, tithing is Biblical. Number one, tithing is a test. Number two, tithing is biblical. Genesis chapter 14, 18 through 20. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be most high who has delivered your enemies into your hands, and he gave him a tithe of all. You guys with me? Abraham, father of faith, right? Abraham goes to Melchizedek, who is an image of Christ, a shadow of Christ. Why? Melchizedek was a king and high priest. This is back, we're looking at this in Genesis, right? You guys know Genesis? This is Genesis. Melchizedek, king of Salem, high priest, got bread, wine, first Sunday, it's my body, it's my blood. All right, you guys, you guys are going to be catching all this. So, the, you know, he, he, blessed, he blessed Abraham. Abraham turned around and took 10% of everything he got. He went and Abraham and all his, his, his people went and, and warred with a whole bunch of other kings and other people, took all the stuff that he had, all the spoils, and he took 10% of what he gave, his spoils, and he gave it to Melchizedek. Do you guys realize, for all of you Bible scholars out there that just told me earlier that, you know, uh, I don't really believe in the law because tithing is in the law. This, what I just told you, was 500 years before the law was even established. Oh, wait, wait a minute. We're talking out before Levi himself was even born. So the law was already set. The tithe was already there before the law was there. The tithe was in the beginning, in Genesis. Genesis 28, 22, and this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house, and all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Tithing was before the Levitical law. Leviticus 27 and 30, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or in the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord's. Now, here we are. Now we're getting in to the law. Deuteronomy 26, 1 through 2, 13 through 14. And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord God is giving you as an inheritance, you and you possess it, 
and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground, which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God is giving you, and put it in baskets, and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. 13. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house. I removed the holy tithe from my house. That's really your pockets. Remove that from my pockets. And also I've given them to the Levite and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow according to all your commandments, which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for unclean use. Nor have given any of it to the dead. We're not talking about people that are buried. We're talking about people that are dead in their sins. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. All those principles and ordinances that God has given us. What we just read here is this. When God has commanded you to give the tithe, don't be holding on to it. I don't care what you got to hold. I don't care what's in need. I know you need tires. I know you need a new dishwasher. I know you need a new car. I know you need all that. But don't borrow from God like that. I'm sorry. Don't rob God. Listen, if Jesus himself said you ought to tithe, would you tithe? Do you guys know that Jesus talked about tithing? Matthew 23 and 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the other undone. You know what he says? Yes, you should still tithe. Yes, you should be doing that, but you need to go show mercy. Show justice and faith. He says you need to be doing both. Hebrews 7 and 8. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witness that he lives. God sets over his his house pastors in, 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 in those days, they call them a Levitical priest, to sit here and do the work of the ministry. And we come and we give God the tithe here at the house of God. So tithing is a test. Tithing is biblical. And third thing is this. Tithing is a blessing. Tithing is a blessing. Second Chronicles 31 and 4. Moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to continue to support for the priests and the Levites that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. One of the reasons why we are able to do the things that we're doing with the pastors here and, and, and um, the, yeah, the ministry, thank you, the ministers, the ministry here is because of the tithe. Why are we able to help and, and touch people's lives and change their destiny? Why are we able to do that? Because not just your generosity, because I, today I was talking about tithing. But we're also talking about the offerings. 
The reason why God set up the whole point of tithing was for you. It's for you to help the church bring in people that are hurting and lost and, 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 get, and learn the salvation of the Lord. As I, as I close, many of us here, and, and, and praise God, a lot of people don't like to hear this whole thing about money, especially during these times. But what God wants to do for, for a lot of us is release us from the bondage of money. I'm, trust me. Trust me when I tell you this. I know my wife and I, when we first, before we started the ministry, um, we were doing well. Praise God. Yes, Lord. We were in a, we, we had Republican money. Did, did I say that? Did I say that? Did I say that? But we had good money, though. We had some good money. My wife worked in the financial district. I worked in the medical field. We, we both were making very good money, very good money. But I didn't realize that we were a bondage to the money. We thought we were making the money, but the money started making us. And we would always, trust me, my wife, and listen to this, guys. See, we would always have so much money that we would go to, to saints and we'd pray about it and we would, we would leave money in people's Bibles because, you know, people would hold their seats. We put money in people's Bibles. We wouldn't tell anybody. To this day, people don't know. My wife and I would sit in the corner of the church and we'd sit there and watch people. They'd pick up their Bible and they see an envelope and they open it and it'd be cash. We never told them who it was, but they were like, oh, praise God. And we, you know, me and my wife would sit there and we'd be like, oh, praise God. God, we thank you for the opportunity to bless people. But we didn't realize that we were letting the money make us. You guys understand what I'm saying? You know, sometimes you think you're doing good, but it's not really God. So when it came down to ministry and my wife and I started doing ministry and the Lord told me, he says, listen, pastor, it's your turn to leave what you know and put your faith in me. I was like, okay, fine. I mean, I make, I'm, I'm good. I make six figures. I'm going to do great. Kaya, you can stay at home and take care of the kids. I make enough money for both of us. The Lord says, no, you don't understand. I need you to leave everything and focus in on me. So I took the step. We went, no job, just full-time ministry. And this is when you really find out, are you faithful or are you going to be unfaithful? God blessed us to be broke. God blessed us. See, you guys don't even catch this. I'm talking about he blessed. How, how can somebody say, what do you mean be broke? I'm talking about we didn't even... You know, you can open up your, 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 your cabinet and you have cans of food in, in, in the cabinet. We didn't have any more cans of food in the cabinet because we were so, but we didn't have food. We would go over my mom's house, my in-law's house. We was going over Donald's house even when, when Donald and them was struggling because I know they got food. They got a bunch of kids they got to feed. <laughs> we didn't have no food to eat so because God was doing something in us to get something out of us. We were going, I remember going, knocking on the door, being like, oh, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't know y'all were cooking dinner. And that was the reason why we came. We was hungry. 
But what God did for us was he pulled all that stuff out of us so that we didn't have to rely on him. But even during this time, even during this time, listen to me, we still were faithful in giving God what was his. I remember nights crying, writing out a check, and making sure that we, it, got, it, got, it cleared because I ain't one of those guys going to write a check and then, and then get bounced because I had other. I wanted to make sure it cleared first and then I can do my other bills. But once God got us from out of that, that bondage of money, I got to the revelation of God, the, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He's got us. I'm not not in need of anything. I am content in every situation. But saints, God is calling us to pass this test of tithing. Try him and see that God will pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it. And I'm not talking about prosperity preaching because when I was laying in the, in the hospital, it wasn't about how much money I had. It was how much peace I had. God is not giving us this word just for the building's sake. God is giving us this word because he wants to see us all blessed to be a blessing. 2 Chronicles 31 and 8 says, And Hezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, and they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest from the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat, and have plenty left over, for the Lord has blessed his people. And what was left in this great abundance was from God's people. There are two consistent testimonies about tithing, saints. Tithers will say this. We're blessed. Tithers say, I'm blessed. Non-tithers will say this, I can't afford it. Listen, you will never be able to afford it until you tithe. Saints of God, tithing is a test. Tithing is biblical. Tithing is a blessing. Tithing is what breaks the curse and rebukes the devourer for your sake. So pass the test. Amen? Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.